Welcome to another episode of Forward Talks by Goombook, a podcast about moving towards sustainability. I'm Tatiana Antonelli. On today's episode, we're joined by Adrian Doolan, CEO of Green Touches, which focuses on eliminating toxic chemicals in commercial and domestic cleaning. Adrian moved to Dubai 12 years ago, but has been in the Middle East nearly 30 years. She started out with leadership training with government bodies, such as the local water and electricity authorities. And she wants us to start moving away from using the term sustainability to using sincerity. I want to get rid of this talking about sustainability because I think it's a, it's become a buzzword and it's sort of, uh, you know, for me, it's incorrectly used a lot of the time because um, it's, you know, it's from a Latin word, cisterna, right, to sustain. So, I mean, everybody wants to sustain everything in life, right? You want to sustain your, your families, your jobs, everything. But when it comes to the environment, which I think when a lot of us are talking about sustainability, that's what we really mean. So I want to start talking now about environmental sincerity. Oh, gosh, so. I'll have to update my glossary now. <laughs> so, for you know, for me now, I mean, I'm at the stage of my life where I believe that when you're going to talk about it, you really need to talk about it and to act on it, not just to have this, you know, we have CSR, we have sustainability, you know, wonderful. But what are you actually doing? Um, and I, th I, I think the problem at the moment is there, you know, we all know what's going on in the world. We all know the disasters, um, melting glaciers and, you know, uh, water, you know, oceans uh, rising in temperature and what's going to happen here, there and everywhere. But, you know, even from David Attenborough um, down to now uh, Greta Thunberg, who, who constantly talk about it, they're still not being listened to. Um, and I, I think it's time now, really, that we shake up the world. Um, and, you know, we don't want to talk doom and gloom, but at a certain stage, that's the way it's going to be. I like the fact that you talk about sincerity, because somehow Greta and, and, and other, let's say, advocates are seen as not sincere and manipulated by politics or by different movements. And uh, as if they were saying something just to to do something wrong while actually talking about, you know, making a positive difference. Uh, how how do you think this sincerity could could be proven? Yeah, actually actioning things, not talking about it, you know, just actually really doing. Let's say in our line of business then, so we're we're green touches and we're um, we're trying to make changes within the facility management industry. We want to start um, everybody moving everybody away from using toxic chemicals to um, using a solution that we have aqueous ozone, which is cleaning with an O3 molecule, which can um, in effect, uh, you know, clean a lot, an awful lot of uh, stuff and um, saves plastic is water saving, which we've we've shown and it is an effective cleaner and it's cleaning for health. So, you know, we're we're trying to do that. We're trying to, you know, get other companies to do it. But when we go in and we do trials and we do everything and they love it and then it comes to the price of it and we're even trying to keep the machine as low as possible in prices and everything, the commitment is all gone. So it's like, let's see, we have to tick these boxes. Okay, I've done this. Send it to management. We tried and nothing. So, you know, there's no real commitment. Um, and there's no real sincerity. And we've talked, we've been up with a lot of high companies here, big companies. Um, and it's it's the same story. So for me, it's a disappointment. At a corporate level, we rely on the management to be more sensible yeah. to these topics. And if you don't have that, then our solutions 
or services don't actually have any effect. Apparently, on the surface, things are moving forward. More and more companies say that they care. And uh, there's more reporting also, which is interesting because through reporting, maybe we can also, you know, evaluate the impact that uh, we want to see yeah, so much. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but you think maybe from what you're saying that it's still it's not enough? It's It's not enough. But it's not all doom and gloom. There are definitely huge changes. I mean, we started the company up uh, just uh, under four years ago. Um, and in those four years, I have seen good changes. And, you know, we have now the opportunity. We're, we're greening a whole school, uh, the Arbor School in Alfrejan. And that's our uh, that's my prime uh, baby. And uh, it's been completely green cleaned from start to finish, which is wonderful. So it's a, because it's an eco-literacy and um, sustainable schooling. It, it makes perfect sense that it's also green cleaned. You know, all the facts and figures are there as well. Everybody knows, um, but they maybe they don't have all the solutions in order to to make changes. Um, but there are, there are definitely lots of changes um, and measurement. That's you know, we do that all the time. We measure everything so we know exactly how much water we've saved, how much toxic chemicals we've saved, how much plastics we've recycled. We measure all the time because we always say if you can't measure it, then you're not going to be able to manage it. Um, and I know for a fact there's a number of big organizations now um, I'm not sure if I can name one particular one, but in the DMCC, they're now starting and um, they've already started actually back in uh, in June to measure everything in the, you know, in the towers, the energy, the, 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 the water usage, and then they can start implementing sustainable plans or environmental sincerity plans because then they know what's going on. I think maybe f- companies will need to be forced to have um, sustainable reporting. Um, not forced, but it should be part of their strategy. It's becoming more and more, and I think the government yeah. also is asking for the implementing of CSR. Is not only tell us what you do. Is we need to see how how many people are involved. What's the budget, yeah. and uh, where did you put the money, and what was the impact of that money? And I have yeah. to say, uh, a few meetings before the summer with local groups were very interesting because they were asking us about sustainability, what they could do. But they didn't want to do anything before having measured their impact. Well, that uh, makes was, sense. Exactly. And yeah, I was like, this is yeah. so good to yeah. hear because yeah. then you're taking it uh, the right way. Going back instead to, to your product that I am fascinated with, I had the chance to have a tour at Sustainable City where you're based. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we had a demonstration there because the whole Sustainable City is actually using your product. The products, yeah. So... Yeah. Tell us more about how it works exactly, how we can have it in our homes or how we can have it in our offices uh, and how it works. You know, in the best way to describe it is after a rainstorm, when you get this wonderful clean smell, that's actually ozone um, that you're smelling. Um, so it's Mother Nature way of cleaning uh, the stratosphere. So it's, uh, it's when you have your O2 molecules um, and they're hit by UV radiations, they become split. And they become weak bonded um, and with the raining, then they're attacked. It becomes O3, the a molecule. Well, without trying to give a whole science. Oh, I love that. Because it's like. <laughs> um, so so that's what you actually get when it rains. It's it's ozone because you notice normally uh, if you don't get a sandy rain, everything is lovely and clean and green. Um, so it's been I mean, scientists have been playing around with ozone um, since the late 17th century. 
um, and then uh, von Siemens created the first ozone generating machine in 18, I think 1840 or something like that. And um, they're using it in, in the Netherlands, in France for water purification in the cities. So it's, you know, Olympic sw swimming pools since 1984 are only with ozone because they can't, they don't have the chlorine in the water because the swimmers would be uh, consumed um, would by be, the chlorine. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, so it's, it's well known and well used. The only thing about it is that it doesn't have a long shelf life because it's a, it's a molecule so it's highly active once when you produce it it's highly active but after a couple of hours it's not active anymore so you can't label it and and put it on a shelf so it takes more of a commitment to using um using it so it it's in a machine there's generators and you attach it to electricity and water and as soon then the electrification uh, process takes place and as soon as you start pouring it into your bottle and uh, you have your general purpose cleaner from what i've seen is uh, I go with my bucket even yeah. to this machine. Yeah. I pour the the gas, the liquid gas, it's, into the water. It's water. It comes out. What you have oh, so is I the, come with your an cleaning empty solution. Bucket. You come with an empty bucket. Okay. Put your solution into the bucket and go home and clean. Or you can put it into a bottle, um, like a pump spray bottle. So it has uh, nano bubbles, which are around 320 nanometers. So they actually penetrate into surfaces where normal cleaning products will create a layer on top, it will actually penetrate in and uh, the, all the germs and bacteria are attracted to the O3 and it, then it just uh, obliterates them. That's interesting because I remember that because of this property, you can actually clean anything from toilets to kitchen, professional yeah. kitchens. Yeah, fruit and vegetables. It prolongs the life of your fruit and vegetables. And and I was I was talking to somebody the other day. If you're buying organic, it tends to be quite expensive um, with using a cleaning product like this. So you can have a small machine in your home under your sink with just a small osmosis tap and an electric uh, connection. Um, and if you, you clean your fruit and vegetables, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to buy organic. Because you're 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 cleaning them with an O3 molecule, so nothing can be better than uh, than cleaning with what Mother Nature provides. And you also sell this little yeah. machine. Yeah. So yeah. what are the different machines you sell? The tiniest one would be this one too. Yeah, which wash produces let's say 1.35 liters per minute, which is sufficient in a home. Um, and we've done testing and everything with it. So even if you chop raw chicken. Um, and we've done like this uh, testing on it to have a look for the bacteria, and then afterwards just actually running the water from the O3 over it and the uh, you, you swab again and the testing and it's right down to a level between one and ten, which is like hospital clean. Oh. So, you know, it's uh, it, it works really effectively. So we have machines for in the house and then we have bigger machines which produce 11.65 uh, litres per minute. Um, and that's sort of in, in uh, then we have one in the school and we have them in, in building, big building situations and um, where the staff just go with their bottles and fill up and then they go clean. If there's anything left over, because after a couple of hours, it reverts back to oxygen and water. You can just go water plants with it or whatever, but there is no toxic chemical uh, going into the ground anywhere. I can use it even in a kitchen yeah. and in a hospital. Everywhere, it's inside your fridge, locally? your oven. You know, if you think about it, what do you, you know, if you're cleaning inside your oven, people are using these awful toxic uh, oven cleaners, right? Now, if I, uh, and you, you put on your food, you put it into it, the smell, everything starts coming into the food and True. you're not realizing it. But if I gave you a tin and asked you to spray this uh, toxic product on, on top of your food, you wouldn't do it. 
And what is the cost? Because before you mentioned that that could be something that maybe companies uh, resist um, to purchase because of the price. They resist. And it, like, um, there's a topic that I always like uh, want to talk about in, in some ways, right? When, um, because it's also part of what changes that we're trying to make is um, cleaning staff in general. Um, they're not very well paid. But when you when a, a company, a facility management company will give a price, they also include a huge amount for chemical usage. Right. And an awful lot of the time it's just cheap chemical anyway. So a lot of the time you have people getting low salaries, but high charges of uh, of the chemical product. So that's our biggest competition. Because if I come to a company and say, listen, I have this machine and you buy this machine up to, you know, it's, we, we can charge up to 18,000 if a company will just take one. If they take more, obviously, we, we can um, negotiate and, and make a lower price. But for the next 10 to 12 years, you're done with your spend. You know, but the environmental effect on that is huge because it uses way less water. You have no dilution, no hazmat restrictions. You don't, you know, you can train your staff how to use it, but you know, it's the same as using any other product. But generally, you 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 know, you get rid of. They only have one plastic bottle, which we use actually, uh, obviously recycled uh, bottles, and that's all they need. One, they don't need four. They don't need one for a toilet, one for a bathroom, one for a kitchen, one for floors. So that you eliminate a huge amount of plastic. It's amazing. So um, and we did actually a trial in a mosque. So we have also another one is which is on wheels okay. and its generator is is underneath and it has a six meter long uh, spray hose. So as soon as you turn it on after about 30 seconds, you can start spraying the aqueous ozone and then you can vacuum up. It's got a very uh, powerful uh, vacuum. Um, so you can, you know, you're just taking everything away. Um, and it's very effective when we went in and did some um, cleaning in an ablution area in one of the mosques because they were trying to save water. So they had all their team in um, they had about seven guys and they used about 136 litres of water just on one cleaning. And there's five prayers in the day. Um, we used about 5.2 uh, litres of water and we had one guy operating the machine and cleaned the whole place. And they brought somebody in from the lab to test the bacterias and, and, and to everything. So it's highly effective. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, if you take something like this, you could in effect eliminate all other uh, chemicals <laughs> being used so you're not very popular. What about if I cut myself? Can I disinfect my wound with it? Yeah, in the really? Second World War it was used uh, to heal wounds actually. And so how, when did you start this company? In October of 2015. So it's already like four years. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, and so you. it's growing that. Um, yeah, we went from, let's say by the time we did all the website and all the everything. In March of 2016, we started with two guys um, and we have over 45 uh, people now. Because one other aspect of your company, which is also amazing, is how you look after your employees and the staff that work in your facilities. Uh, we company. try. <laughs> we um, try. <laughs> in our offices, we do have actually two of your people working. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're amazing, very happy to be yeah. working, very proud of what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you've been telling me about uh, your, your work, about training them, empowering them. And then maybe go back to their own countries, engaged in you know 
bringing back what they've learned here. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, the goal was uh, to make the United Nations of a cleaning company. So we have people from all nationalities. Um, I mean, I run my company like my life, so I like to run it in a very ethical manner, be very fair with everybody. Um, we have, you know, that we have we use all the R's, the reuse, recycle, reduce, but we also have respect and responsibility because that's, um, you know, people need to take responsibility for their jobs and they need to respect each other. I abhor screaming and shouting at staff which you can see a lot in this region um but it's it's totally an effective way of of, of dealing with uh, with people because you know we all have uh, have our, have our pride and and you know that's just not the way to deal with people so we're trying um to you know pay the staff higher wages try to encourage them and and really teach them about about what we're trying to do so that eventually they will hopefully change and bring it back. And it's a, it's a struggle. It's not always that easy. And um, sometimes you think you're really getting through and other times you're like, oh, I'm wasting my time. But you want to, you know, I suppose because I'm older, uh, most of my staff sort of, they call me mama and whatever. So they will, you know, and there's always definite respect for me, for sure, always. And they all love working without any chemicals, without any toxic chemicals, for sure. Everybody loves it. This is the biggest um, actually advantage for them. It's really safe. Uh, yeah. I see so many work you know having to deal with chemicals and sometimes they don't even have a mask or gloves to protect themselves yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that is definitely an aspect that is yeah. beneficial for them. Yeah, I mean, there are situations I know maybe with some sort of big water tank cleaning or, or stuff like this where maybe companies do have to use, um, you know, stronger chemicals. Um, but we won't do any of that type of cleaning. So if we can't clean it, um with with using a natural methods organic methods or whatever then we won't uh, we won't do it so you were telling me that since 2017 your company joined the UN global compact uh, local UAE chapter um and now and since April you're actually part of the board yeah <laughs> that's amazing so yeah. that's also another initiative that has been growing in the UAE yes for sure and yeah. a lot of uh, companies are part of it uh small but also big ones some of them are for example the Shalhoub group yeah. um Futaim. and I remember when we received the uh, the email in the info at box I was like this must be a joke the, the United Nations Global Compact want us to join them and um, so they had seen a lot of what we were I suppose on our social media and what we were talking about so um, the, it was established in early uh, 2000 by Kofi Annan so it's one of the largest let's say business networking organizations in the world and um, there's over 11,000 uh, it's not huge but it's over 11,000 um, big company listed companies let's say and around 3,000 NGOs um, of the 11,000 company companies I think something like um, they, they employ around 60 million people um, so as a company you if you're members here you need to, or anywhere in the world every year you need to make a commitment on progress you have to do it if you don't do it you go out so it's great that it's actually not just a name you're you're buying into you're actually you know supporting it and believing in it and, and acting on it so um, when we did our uh, recent COP um, our, after our first year we hit seven of the 17 sustainable development goals so we were quite proud as uh, as a, a cleaning services company let's say about what an impact we can have so i'm interested about the sustainable development goals the main feeling that you get when you talk to smes and even larger companies is 
that, yes, it's very nice uh, to talk about it, but they don't even know what it is. Uh, they don't understand that you need to progress on it. Um, they all go for the easiest one, climate action or partnerships. Um, what are the goals through this specific um, UN Global Compact uh, group. What is the, uh, the the sustainable goal that you see is the most difficult one, or the one that people don't are not able to to address? You know, for me now, 2030, because we're supposed to they're supposed to be achieved by 2030. But I think we need to move away now from actually putting dates on things. Um, I think number one and two, poverty and hunger. Um, or, you know, if you if you look at it logically and how the world works, that it will not be achieved in the next 11 years. Um, so um, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of loath to actually give names to things anymore because it's like, you know, you talk about gender equality and we've sat at government meetings here with the with the, the private sector and uh, and the government so talking about gender equality. And, you know, the, we're talking about um, longer, uh, you know, less working hours um, um, better pay for, for, for women or equal pay for, for women. And um, maybe they should have more than 45 days maternity leave and these important things. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't hit and the really important things like stopping um, women abuse, uh, sex slavery, if you don't sort of get to the, these are, in my opinion, all part of gender equality. I, I think, you know, you have to give it a name, but you have to also talk about it more in depth, I think. These things like the sustainable development goals, they are really important, but we need to really start looking at you know, the, PP, the three Ps, the, the people, the planet, the profits will come. But you really have to get your head around making a bigger commitment um, to, the, to the environment and to people. This is a very good point. Last week we were together judging an award here in, uh, in Dubai. And what we felt uh, the, same, uh, the same way was that SMEs are still not understanding what sustainability is. And if we think about the impact of SMEs in the economy, they they have a role, a big role, an important role, and nobody right now is addressing them uh, the right way to make them understand that profit can be there even if there is sustainability or and CSR, and because sustainability is, you know, the intersection of people, planet, and profit. Yeah. Uh, but there isn't. There isn't. It's, we are lacking that kind of education of, of a, I would even say, empowering to SMEs. What can we do? Adrian, tell me, what can we do? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's because people are afraid. I mean, I, you know, I, I can see myself in the same situation as well as an SME. Um, unfortunately, there's not, in my opinion, too much sort of financial support for us here. Yet, you know, SMEs are the backbone of every economy. Um, really important. So from from that aspect, um, it's you know it, it it is hard. So I can see a fear factor um, for SMEs, um, because they think you know we've got to get out there, just get money, 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 money. So the other you know we'll we'll do good when we get the money. Um, but you you can't do that. You so you have to start off with your strategies right from the very beginning. You know, everything. So you need to look for fair trade. Where do I get my uniforms made for my staff? Am I going to go to India and am I going to go to Bangladesh? Yes, I'm going to provide employment there. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I, maybe the lady or the man who's sewing is going to get a $50 cent for their work at the end of a week. That's not enough for me. So at least I, I use somebody on a tailor's on Sustainable City so that I know 
where, you know, that the work is done here and that he pays his people nicely and everything. So, you know, they're the little things you can do. Treat your people right. Try to pay them proper salaries. Um, you know, I don't know, just it, it works. I, I can't even put my finger on it. It, it. it does. It just works. But you have to stop the greed. You really, we need to, you know, that's, I think, one of the biggest problems. We don't connect properly with them, um, with our planet. We, we sort of think we're above everything. But in fact, we, we need to reconnect with nature, with animals. Yes, we're, we're more intelligent than them. But at some st- times, I think, are we? You just told us that your um, office is based out of Sustainable City and I know that you also live in Sustainable City. So how is it? Uh, Brilliant. Um, I moved there. I think I was the second resident um, to move on, although the CEO, Mr. Farris, will always says I'm the first, but I'm okay with being the second. Um, It's brilliant because you live in a sustainable bubble. Um, so we have our um, we have all our solar panels on our homes um, we have all our recycling um, we you know everything composting you know we can get the, the all the herbs from the domes we it's it's wonderful it's actually really really a great community uh, to live on and having the office there of course is really nice as well and I know that something very special happened a way back who a way came, back uh, who came uh, who came um, his, uh, his Royal Highness Sheikh Mohammed uh, he came and uh, I had the honour to uh, to meet him um, and to show him actually our our aqueous ozone machines at the city so that was uh, yeah that was a, a superb honour yeah really I remember nice. for me just seeing the images of him walking around and then stopping at the ozone stand yeah my question was like what did he say he asked me about it and, and I think for a few seconds I was kind of although they had told me he probably would shake my hand there was you know that few seconds where you're not sure and um and he he you know he was really interested uh, in asking uh, in asking about it um and i mean it was a great visit that day from the city uh, to the city um because his uh, their son uh, sheikh hamdan was uh, also there and he was flying around the city in a buggy um but it was it was really nice and it's uh, it's a great city it's a, it's a, it's a, it's definitely something that should be rolled out you know not just throughout the uae but throughout the world because the reduction of the uh, carbon footprint um from us is uh, is phenomenal actually That's all we have for you on this episode. Thanks, Adrian, for joining us. You can find out more about her company's products at greentouches-uae.com. You can also follow us in your favorite podcast player and on Instagram at Chromebook. See you next week. Mm-hmm.